Welcome back to Pursuing Justice. I'm Harriet Hendel. We began a series of podcasts last month where we were talking about the impact of prison on children when one or both parents are incarcerated. Amy Friedman, a writer and activist from California, was one of our guests. She created a club for high school students called POPs, Pain of the Prison System, a club which offered a safe place to share that intimate fact, having a parent behind bars. Today, five million kids have a parent in prison. Thanks to Amy, I will be speaking with four young adults who are all too familiar with the many challenges of staying connected to a mom or a dad in a correctional facility. Over the next few weeks, we will meet these very special guests, each of whom have handled their situation differently. Now we welcome Karan Benson. It's good to have you with us today. You are active with a similar club to POPs called Echoes of Incarceration. Where is that club based and what's its mission? Hi, so good afternoon, everybody. My name is Carl, like you heard. Um, part of the Echoes of Incarceration Project. We are here based in New York City. And basically, Echoes is a project that consists of young filmmakers, and we create short films and projects based on incarceration and how it impacts families. We've done uh, videos on visiting and why that's important, caregivers, what they go through while watching a kid that has a loved one incarcerated, and also one of my favorites that we're working on now is parenting from behind bars, showing people that it is possible to be a parent. Mm, so our mission is basically just to bring awareness. Just to bring awareness, okay. Um, I'm looking to compare the two clubs as I will be speaking with two young women from Pops in a few weeks. Um, can you kind of compare them? Do you know Do you know something about Pops? Uh, so I've actually worked with Pops in the past. I've uh, in California and spoke at you know one of the schools that have the Pops program in there, and I do know that Pops you know it's basically the same. They deal with young kids that's impacted by incarceration, and I know they, you know, publish and write stories and right. have books. Yeah, right. so I was actually featured in one of their books a couple of years ago and told, you know, a little piece of my story in there. So I say the difference between them is uh, Pops is more of a, you know, writing, writing a technique and how to, you know, express yourself. As far as Echoes, we do more video work and just you know, giving young people that uh, opportunity to tell their story through the lens. I think that's great because um, Pops has published, um, oh, I think must be five or six um, literary anthologies, I guess you would call them. And I yeah. did read, I did read something that you um, had written. And I, I love the fact that one does more writing and your club does more in the area of film. I, I think that's great. They're two very wonderful ways to express yourself and tell your story in a way. Um, now, tell us, if you would, about your motivation for getting involved with Echoes. All right, so my motivation, it all started 
it all started, uh, I was part of a program. I got into a program, sorry, when I was the age of 14. And that's actually when I met my father for the first time. And the program is called the Osborne Association. They deal with, you know, children that's also impacted by the incarceration system. And, you know, from graduating high school at 17, I went to college and I did not know what I wanted to do for my life. And I know, I remember the Osborne actually introduced me to my now boss slash mentor, Jeremy Robbins, and I know at that moment when I was what am I, I'm 27 now, at the age of 20, I found my passion in film and photography, and I thought, you know, what better way to not use this skill and also bring awareness to incarceration? So it sort of helped me. Uh, it, it pushed me to continue to work with young people because that became one of my all-time favorites to do, especially working through the Osborne, and you know, like I said, give kids that that uh, opportunity to express themselves through the lens. So it's always been a passion for me since then, and it will always be a passion for the rest of my life. Oh, that's so wonderful. My father, yeah, my father sort of driven me to do this. Great. Now, um, I want to just pick up on um, the Osborne. Isn't it Osborne Association, and aren't they almost 100 years old? I, I volunteered with them for a little while in Poughkeepsie, uh, New York, um, and they do some great work. Can you tell us a, just a little bit about the Osborne Association, whatever you know? Oh, yeah. So I'm actually been a part, like I said, a part of the Osborne Association since I was 14. And, you know, they help with a whole lot of things. Like, for example, I could tell what they've done for me and helped me, you know, to mm. my life with my father. So they've, you know, helped me uh, get to my father's prison, which was far enough state and cost money. And my grandmother could not afford that. So they used to take me to see my father every week or every other week. And mm. at the same time, yeah, at the same time, we also had these workshops called RAP, where we, all those young people would get together and we would sit down and talk about our, you know, what we're going through and express ourselves with our parents being incarcerated. And, you know, the Osborne done so much amazing things. I went to Albany with them to, you know, lobby in front of senators to, you know, change bills and create bills, you know, to make life easier for the families that's uh, impacted by this situation. And I could just keep going on, but Osborne just does a lot, especially for young people in this situation. That's fantastic. I, I, don't, I don't think I realized, uh, you know, the scope of what they, what they do. Uh, you have a unique story to tell about your father, a story which resulted in what I think is a major accomplishment. Can you share that story with us? Yes. So all my I'll just go back in the beginning, make it brief. All my life, uh, I did not know where my father was. At one point, my mom always would tell me and everybody else that he was in the Army serving for our country. And it was until the age of 10 or 11 when I got that first letter. And my mom did not know I seen the letter, but it had my name on it. And it was basically my father telling me that he's been trying to contact me all my life and that uh, all the letters were either getting pushed, uh, sent back or they just wasn't coming in. So he explained all that in the letter. And even at that point, I still thought, you know, my father, uh, I still never met this guy, so I don't really care to have a relationship. So push, uh, moving forward a little bit, the age of 14 is when I first met my father in prison. My uncle actually asked me and gave me the opportunity. He drove me up there for the first time. And ever since then, it's just been wonderful. My dad's changed my life. He uh, influenced me to go to college because he graduated with his master's and bachelor's while in prison. People thought it would be impossible, but he did it. And 
right now. He was supposed to, he went up for parole a few years back. I'm 27 when I was 25 because he got 25 to life when I was three months. He went up for parole then and got denied. And ever since then, we've been trying to fight for him to get home. They they had a, you know, they granted him parole at first, but because of a fault in the system, uh, they snatched his parole date right back. So we were kind of upset about that, but my father and I and the family were still keeping our hopes up and we're just wishing and hoping that September, which is the next upcoming parole date, that he'll be home with us soon. Oh, that's great. Um, now, we haven't mentioned where your dad is doing his time. Where is that? So my father first started, I know he was in Sing Sing Correctional Facility, and he just transferred to, uh, what is it called, Wood, Woodbourne? Woodbourne? Uh-huh. I don't know if I'm yes. Right. Yeah, Woodbourne? you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woodbourne Correctional Facility. And yeah, ever since then, it's kind of been a little difficult for me to get up there as far as money-wise since I'm on my own now. But uh, my father continues to stay in contact with me. He calls me every week and keeps me updated on everything. So. Okay, that's great. Now, do you also email him? Are you able to do that? Oh, no, I'm not able to email him at all. Oh, because... Mostly to calls we uh, communicate. Okay, because New York has just recently in the last, I don't know, maybe half a year, uh, possibly, um, put in uh, kiosks for, um, I, I thought it was in every prison, and um, you can email back and forth. Uh, they, it, they charge 30-some 30, 30 cents for what they call a stamp. And it's great because in immediately uh, the message goes right through and you can answer in the same day. Whereas with calls, you have to wait till he calls you. You can't call him, of course. So the email is, is really wonderful. Anyway, um, what, what what would you say are um, the challenges of having uh, a dad in prison for for you personally? I would say for me personally, say growing up was just everything was challenging for me. You know, learning, you know, what to do, how to be a man. You know, shaving everything. I just never had that opportunity because my father got incarcerated when I was three months. So it was kind of hard, you know, my my mom, you know, she dated a few guys when I was growing up, but they never like stuck around and never been like a father uh, figure. So uh, mm-hmm. I'd say that was the most you know, challenging part, just not having a, you know, a father figure in my life to show me and guide me, you know, right. before I met him at the age of 14. Yeah. But uh, yeah. now I'd say the most challenge now is just you know, not seeing him when I want to and not, you know, being able to talk to him every day like I want to. Right, right. Well, it's wonderful that at 14, you were able to um, step into the relationship and he into your life. And, you know, at 14, that's a difficult age, too. But you at least um, had a a way to communicate. Now, I I also want to go back to what I said when I asked you that you to tell us your unique story about your father and your what I think is a major accomplishment, and that would be your amazing small documentary, which I think is about 17 minutes, correct me if I'm wrong, um, called The Visit. So I want you to tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yes, yeah. sorry about that. I just got so <laughs> caught up in the story. That's <laughs> but, right. uh, Yeah, a couple of years ago, it was actually while we were creating our, it was through Echoes, we were creating our visiting film and why it's important. And we actually 
or screen that film at the White House. But after that, we actually got a, I got an idea that, you know, I think I wanted to do my own personal story. I brought it to the table to my crew. Everybody thought it was amazing. So basically the video concept that I came up with was, you know, all my life I had all these questions about my father, who he was, what he did, why he was in prison, you know, if he ever cared about me, et cetera, et cetera. So I took advantage of the cameras and my video crew, and I got I got access into his prison, which was Sing Sing Correctional Facility at the time, and we was able to get the cameras inside, and I was able to interview my father and ask him all the questions that I just wanted to ask him all my life. So that was a life-changing experience because, you know, I got to finally talk to my dad one-on-one. I needed that push from the crew and the cameras because the visits before is just too awkward, you know, since I just met him at the age of 14. So, uh, yeah, I took advantage of that, finally got the answers. And, yeah, that's the video. That's the film. I've, it's about 15 minutes long. It took us about two, two, three years to make because, you know, we had a lot mm. of faults and getting a lot of pushback to get inside the prison. So, But overall, I think it came out great. Yeah. Now, I wanted to add, I saw the film. I, I really want to see it again for a, a second and maybe even a third time to digest uh, exactly what you did. What, for me, was amazing was that you were permitted to take a film crew into the prison and film your visit. How, how did you get permission to do that? Because prisons always have tons and tons of what we call red tape. How did you manage that? So actually, like I said earlier, it took us you know, probably almost six months to a year to actually get approved. We kept getting denied because I kept sending in requests, you know, get this interview with my father. And we actually had to get the help of the Osborne Association and some other organizations, you know, send some letters in. And then after, I think it was a good eight months, six months, eight months, they, you know, wrote back and said, you know, we're approved to get in. So it wasn't an easy process, but it happened. And thanks to the help of the Osborne and all the other organizations that helped. Oh, okay. So I, I guess without them, you probably would never have been able to make that film, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I feel I feel that way. Like without the help of them, I'd probably be in the prison right now. Well, had the film in there, yeah. Right now, um, how I I'd love for you to give us kind of some uh, background information on how how you actually did that, and if you did the film in one sitting, or it had to be done over time. I, I really don't know the story behind it. So anything you could tell us about what that was like bringing in a, a film crew um, to do that. And also, when did you actually do that film? How, how long ago? So the process, yeah, actually, everybody always asks this question. We did <laughs> do a, an interview in one take because, you know, it was already hard getting access to the prison for that one day, so we didn't want to ask for more days. So we, we I sort of just had all my questions ready to make sure we had enough time, and we sat there and just did a, we had the cameras rolling, and I just started asking away, and everything was just so natural that we didn't have to do another take. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that was the process of that. And I know coming into the prison, everybody was kind of shocked in the visiting room because we had the interview actually in the children's center they have a children's center that's located in sing sing 
uh, visiting room for child sensitivity. And um, everybody just kept looking at my father, asking what's going on, <laughs> thinking he's a superstar and whatnot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. How, how did he feel about the whole idea of filming the visit? Oh, my father was actually, he was a bit nervous because he's never been on camera like that before. But uh, like I said, everything came out so natural and he just loved the fact that I, you know, came up with all my questions by myself, like he says in the film, and that, you know, it was me actually asking him these questions. So at the end of the film, he was very excited. Did he see the finished product? So my father has not been able to see the finished product yet. And that's because, you know, he's still behind prison walls. And we tried to send a request to you know, send a CD in, but they denied that. So, um, Well, he'll see it when he gets out, hopefully. Um, yes. Now, um, a couple other questions about uh, the whole idea of documentary film. Um, that is one of my favorite genres. Why, why do you feel um, a film like this um, should be made? And what what value do you think it has, not just for yourself? We know that. That's pretty obvious. But why uh, why would it have value to someone else? So, basically, I think the film would have value. I created the film, you know, for my own personal sake. But I think, you know, the outcome that I've been getting from it has been positive. So... I feel like the film is helping a lot of young people um, actually take that leap forward and ask, you know, or try to find out things from their parents that they always wanted to. Because from my experience, you know, still working with young people and facilitating young groups, they always, you know, come with the response that, oh, wow, you know, this is pushing me now. I want to I want to ask my father or my mother these questions now that I always had. So I think it's, you know, giving that outlet for kids to, you know, feel open about actually talking to their loved one that's incarcerated, because it can always be hard, especially being a young person. Right, right. <laughs> and and your mom, did she see the film, and what was her feeling about it? So me and my mom, that's, we actually have a, a funny relationship, but she did not see the film, and it's only because we... Like I said, we have a funny relationship, and I feel like her seeing the film, her part, she would probably feel like, you know, I don't know. I feel like she would feel like something's wrong or I did something wrong and made her look bad. Mm -hmm. She's that kind of person. So, yeah, okay. she hasn't seen it yet, but I know I'll, she'll see it down the line. All right. That's good. That's really good. Well, certainly for young people who struggle um, to see their parents, I, I think this is uh, an open door to show them, you know, what can happen when uh, you had not known your dad and this was your kind of opening, uh, opening visit to him, open a, a door that opened, that will stay open for you, I'm sure, for the rest of your life, especially if your dad gets out. Um, how, how often do you get to visit him? When's the last time you saw him? So I don't get to visit him often. The last time I seen him was actually probably a few months ago when I went oh. up with his lawyer. So, I see. Yeah, like I said, everything has just been phone call communication. Yeah, well, right now, of course, due to the uh, COVID-19, as far as I know, I don't think there's a prison in the country that's open to volunteers or family members. 
I think everything is closed down tight. So it's it's going to be a while um, until you get to see him. How how far away is uh, Woodburn where he is right now from where you are? Oh, for me, it's actually not that far. It's almost a two-hour drive. Oh, okay. Not too bad. Right. Um, the visits um, that, yeah, I also wanted to ask you, when you made, when did you make this film? How recently did it get completed? Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, so we finally completed the film 2018, 2019, after all this week. Okay. All right. So recently. And then after the film was made, um, were you able to get in just some personal visits, just you and your dad, without anybody with you? Oh, yes. I've seen my dad a few times after that. Okay. And visiting, what 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 is that like, just having a regular visit with uh, with your dad? So a regular visit... This is the same thing. Uh, I, I walk in, you know, he always gives me a big hug for like a few seconds. And uh, he sort of just gets into that, you know, he starts asking me all these questions about how I'm eating, if I'm okay, uh, you know, just how's my job, just, you know, asking about my wellness and whatnot. And sometimes it would be even to the point where we're just enjoying each other's company, where it just get quiet and I'll just go buy him some food and we'll eat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a random conversation will start again, but. It only right. seems like the few hours that I am there, I just go by so fast. Goes fast, yeah. I'm sure of that. Um, now, I, I wanted to ask you a couple more questions. One is, uh, what are your goals for the future for yourself? So my goal is to continue uh, my freelance work now that I'm doing, and actually expanding and continuing to uh, you know, help young people and facilitate groups and you know, just bring awareness to this issue of incarceration. You know, it's a really big issue that a lot of people don't talk about. So I just want to, you know, continue that uh, mission and, you know, try to create, I guess I wouldn't say, yeah, like I'll try to create like a bigger platform. Okay. And you, I think you mentioned when I spoke to you before our interview that you were thinking of making another film. Is that accurate? Yes, that is accurate. I actually <clears throat> was in the works of starting to create a, a sequel film to the film with me and my father when I when his parole date was granted before it was snatched away. But uh, I sort of lost all you know energy for that when it was snatched. But when he does come home, I plan on you know continuing to make a sequel film to that just to you know, let people know how life is after prison and whatnot. Okay, and and in terms of what what you would like to uh, what you would like to do with your your life are you going to stay with the film or something else oh yes film and photography has been my passion since the age of 20 so something i plan on sticking with that's great now um we're almost out of time is there a way that you know for kids dealing with this difficult issue to connect with members of Echoes of, of Incarceration if they have no one else to lean on? So everybody could visit our site, echoesofincarceration.org, and all our contact is on there, our email. 
and we always okay. get back to everybody. Yeah. Oh, that's like terrific. If anybody ever wants to reach out and be a part of, because we also run a summer program that we do collaborative with AFSC, American Friends Service Committee, and mm -hmm. we do a free, we give out free camel work, workshop training, sorry, and we give out a free <clears throat> uh, advocacy training. Oh, wonderful. That's really great because I'm sure there are kids that don't know about uh, either the Osborne Association or Echoes of Incarceration or POPs. And uh, unfortunately, every city in the nation doesn't have clubs like this. So that's yeah. that's great. So just the website is just echoesofincarceration.org. That, yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. Well, wonderful. I so appreciate the time you've spent with us today. And uh, I, how, how would people see your film? Is there a way to, to find it online? So right now my film is still private because I've been showing oh. it around at film festivals, which it's actually been, I've actually gotten to one film festival so far, but I'm still shopping around. So that's why it's still private, but I, oh, okay. I'm, I'm glad to, I'm glad to, you know, give the link to people that, you know, hit me up separately or, you know, privately. Okay, wonderful. Well, I certainly enjoyed watching the film, and I enjoyed speaking with you today. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And um, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll enlighten people with the other, the other guests that are coming up in the next few weeks. Thank you so much, Karan. Thank you. Appreciate it.